Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Hello and welcome to episode 103 of We Are Going Up. I'm Mark Crossley. Thankfully, I'm not on my Todd this week. Uh, Jim Knight is back from his little trip to Brighton Beach. Hey, I, I thought last week was one of our best ones we've ever done. <laughs> Angling for another week off, Ethan. <laughs> and uh, David Cameron Walker has returned from right. his football manager quiz. Let's not mess around. Let's get straight into it. The big story of the week. Forget your BT Sport, buying the Champions League. Forget, for a gazillion pounds. forget the FA Cup first round. Forget anything like that. The Football Supporters Federation Awards. <laughs> of course. 20, way this was going. 2013. <laughs> the nominees have been announced. And unbelievably, we're on the list. Now, I'm going to try and find this text that I got from you last week, which was something along the lines of, have you seen who's been nominated in capitals? What are we doing on there? <laughs> so there is... Uh, 10 categories, 60 nominations, and they have a around about 60, and they have a yeah. best podcast um, category. And uh, we're on there. And the thing is, they open it up at this point to a public vote to decide the winner um, at the Emirates Stadium on Monday, the 16th of December. For, so for podcast of the year. So this is the bit where we say to you, our loyal listeners, help us out here because we're up against the giants of the football podcast world. Now, Football Football Weekly isn't just the biggest football podcast. It's the biggest podcast on iTunes. And they've just plugged in their show, which has come out this week, for people to vote for them. There's no point then, is there? (laughs) (laughs) If you put it like that, what's the point? We're we're as big a fan of Football Weekly. In the the FA Cup first round, the the week of shocks and underdogs. And the Ramble and all the football podcasts out there. But they don't need your support because they're massive. They've got gazillions of listeners. So you need to vote for us. Jim, ask me how you do it. Mark, how do you do it? You go to fsf.org.uk slash awards. And uh, you go to, I think it's question seven, I think. Best podcast yeah, off the top of my head. It redirects to like a survey monkey page. Yeah, and then you vote awards. for us on there. And you can vote on every single computer you are <laughs> near. If you work in an office with 500 computers... And you've got an hour to kill. <laughs> Go around. That's impressive. I'd like to see that. Any, like a world record. Any, any students listening? <laughs> oh, yeah. The pop, library. Pop along to the library. Yeah. Get more logged on. That'd be good. Absolutely. It? So, be great. If, although if you can't remember that somewhat long URL, just go on to our Twitter. Yeah. At Wagyu Podcast, to, and you'll find it all there. Go yes. to your nearest Apple shop and set all the iPads to vote for us. There you go. We, def- we should do Guerrilla marketing. Let's take Come on. Over. You, uh, Come on. Let's and do we, it. By the way, we're the only non Premier League podcast we on are, there. Yeah. 
So that's another reason to vote for us. You're gonna you're gonna wear a tux on the night. I don't know if I wear a tux. You're gonna go. You're gonna. Well, I, I, well, it is black. Tie, man, you've not even got your shoes tie. on at this point. You just no. <laughs> casually. It's just the, so uh, yeah, the chilled out vibe. I've got holes in my shoes, so I'm gonna buy some new shoes right. before this ceremony because my feet are wet. We will. We will. Uh, that's how much we need your votes. <laughs> yeah. We will put in an effort to look good on the night. So one more time, fsf.org.uk/slash awards. The thing as well about this award ceremony, mm. without wanting to talk about it too, too much, <laughs> uh, is that there's like a player of the year category isn't it like actual proper yeah. international yeah. superstars such yeah. as Robin Van Persie and Juan Mata and so, are they going to be there so in the, in am the, I going to have to f- deal with the prospect of being drunk in the same room as one of those two anything I'd like anything to see you drunk in a room with Luis Suarez that'd be great yeah, I mean, well, you yeah were, we'd have a great you chat, were drunk sure. in a room with disc jockeys last week and chaos ensued then so <laughs> this yes. will be even bigger wouldn't it yeah. fsf.org.uk slash awards vote for us the audible offer is still available by the way you can go to audible.co.uk slash going up get your free one month trial there and free audiobook to walk away with. That's audible.co.uk slash going up. So, um, bit of an interesting week this week because there wasn't any League One or League Two games. Uh, there was the FA Cup first round, which which we will touch on later. Um, but um, I think we can all agree it's a bit of a quiet week this week. Yeah. So, in terms of the Championship, there isn't like a one sort of big standout story, is there? And then you go straight into the international break as well, which yeah. makes things quieter still. Um, so, uh, for anyone listening to this podcast for the first time, <laughs> There's usually bigger stories than this. However, we did think it'd be a good chance to uh, turn our attention to the bottom of the championship, didn't we? We yes, certainly we did, yeah. <laughs> okay, right on cue. So we're going to talk about Yeovil uh, because obviously a very sort of a tough job for them to try and stay up this season. They lost 1-0 to the FA Cup holders, Wigan, in the championship on Sunday and they are bottom of uh, the championship table. 10 defeats in 15 games isn't the best start for the Glovers. Four points off safety, already looking ahead at a long, hard relegation scrap. Uh, Chris Sweet is the sports editor of the Western Gazette, the local paper down there. We had Chris on at the start of the season and we thought this would be a good point to get him back on for a catch-up. Chris, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. Uh, how would you sum up this start to the season then? Oh uh, Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, I think it's it's been frustrating. I think that uh, you know they, they've shown that well the other team squad have shown that they've got the, perhaps the quality and the ability to compete in the championship. But every week, almost every week, it's the same old story where they're lacking that uh, that killer edge, that sort of bite, tenacity, and, and cleverness in the final third. And you know people are saying about how unlucky Yeovil Town have been and how unfortunate they've been. You know they've been lucky and have done done well, but haven't been able to get across that finishing line and. That has been the case, and I think that the game against Wigan, the the, the novelty well and truly wore off. I think that the, the fans' views were slight, uh, slightly changing from from that sort of plucky loser tag to, you know, okay, you're bottom for a reason, and um, yeah, it, it doesn't matter how good and how snazzy and flashy look in the in the build up if you if you can't stick the ball in the net, then you're going to struggle. That is interesting. Chris, to, to know that the fans are perhaps starting to, you know, to feel the, you know, to kind of there's some unrest starting to build uh, at Yeovil because surely every Yeovil fan has to have a realistic expectation of what could be possible this season. Yeah. They got promoted, you know, completely uh, unexpectedly by they are with some distance the smallest club uh, yeah. in this division. Uh, the top goal scorer from last season has been out of the team due to you know attitude problems what we're led to believe from what Gary Johnson has said so what more can Gary Johnson do you've had injuries as well to some of the other forward players so uh, surely they can't get on the on the manager's back certainly not no they'll never get on Gary's back um, I think that 
what he's done at the club in the, in the two spells has been nothing short of miraculous. And, and you're quite right about what you say about when Yeovil were promoted that you've got to be, um, you know, they're, 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 they're the smallest club to get promoted and, and they have to enjoy the experience and all that sort of thing. But I think also part of the learning curve is, is how how the fans have adapted to, to life in the Championship. They've it, it can be quite frustrating seeing your team go so far. Uh, going so near and so close yet so far away from victory and I think that okay fans I don't want to say unrest is a is a is a is a, an appropriate word really but I, th- I think there's there's a little bit of discontent and I think also that it's just it just goes back to that novelty I think that you know most Yeovil Town fans and myself included want to see Yeovil Town competing they want to see them doing well and when you keep seeing them faltering and, and falling and losing games for the same reason, it's, uh, it's just there's only so many times you can you can see that happen. I can I can sympathise, I suppose, because yeah. if I, I think to my experience of, of being a Watford fan when we've been promoted into the Premier League, which I suppose is kind of similar in terms of we were the mm. smallest club in that league at the time, and you, you know that you don't really deserve necessarily t- to be there in the grand scheme of things in terms of the clubs you're competing against, but you mm. still, you're there. Yeovil are in the league mm. and, you know, the fans will want to see their team win and there's only so many times you can go to a ground week in week out and see your, your team lose home and away and despite putting in and that's almost it almost makes it worse that you're playing well and you're perhaps unlucky and you're getting you know last minute goals against you and you can't quite get there it's so frustrating and, and it does grind you grind you down so I, I can kind of understand that there's only so much fans you know can turn up and, and see their team lose but just going back to what I think surely has got to be one of the big problems uh, so far of the season is the goal scoring. You're in single figures this season. You've only got nine goals. Paddy Madden scored 23 last season. He was largely the, the reason, really, that Yeovil went up. But he's been out of the team uh, this season. The manager dropped him because he wasn't enjoying his football and had attitude problems. He said he was not up for it. But he's back now, um, though, isn't he? He is back now. Um, he looked better yesterday, but... Um... Not necessarily quite firing to the to the Paddy Madden that we knew last year. Um, I think that um, uh, that Johnson's argument was that in games in the games that he's played, um, he hadn't done enough to, to warrant his place. Now he's been hauled off already a couple of times after 45 minutes, an hour. And if we think even back as far far back as the first day of the season, he only lasted 45 minutes against uh, Millwall before being substituted and. This this attitude issue, um, you know, it, it, it's hopefully been resolved. And he's, you know, Gary said that that Paddy is is looking more up for it. it he said it's the expressions, the body language, and his facial expressions in, in training and things like that. And you know, Paddy wears his heart on his sleeve. He's, you know, I'm, you know, more than happy to to admit that he's, you know, he had a little, we had a little Twitter exchange. Um, earlier in the season, where he maybe didn't quite like something that I wrote, reporting what Gary said, and you know, I, I think that you know he, he's he's an emotional lad. He's only what 22, 23. He's still young. He's still learning his game, and I think that maybe for him, the the learning curve and the step up has proved um, steeper than than for some of the other uh, members of the squad. Do you think that this any of the squad have been overawed so far? Is it just a case that they're not quite getting the breaks? I don't think any of them have been overawed. Um, I think that if, if you look at the way that they, that they, they particularly at home, have come out and played the likes of you know your, your, your QPRs, your Nottingham Forest, uh, you know your, your big guns in in the, in, in the Championship division, um, they, they certainly haven't been overawed. And, and they went to Leeds United last week um, again, and in, in front of a crowd of over twenty five thousand, and 
and kept them quiet for 45 minutes. Boss proceedings and, and looked very impressive. So I don't think overall, you know, I don't think they have been overall. It just, it just is. It's, it's a little step up in quality. And I've said it this week a few times that it, it you know, that it boils down to perhaps boils down to a commodity that Yeovil Town haven't really been synonymous with, and that's, that's money and that's finances. I think that okay at the start of the season, Gary Johnson when he signed his contract extension did so whilst agreeing a budget that he felt could be competitive and could put together a squad. Now, with hindsight, I do wonder if he may think that um, that, that, that budget was a little bit light. <laughs> um, but, of course, you know, it's, it, it's October, and I know that, you know, four points is when he's only got... I hate, to, I hate to tell you, Chris, it's actually November, so we're one oh, month sorry. further on. <laughs> oh, dear. It's, it, it, it's, it's, been, it's been a long season. Um, no, I think that, yeah, being November, sorry, yeah, it, it's... Um, you know, okay. I know 15 games is a sizable chunk, but you know, Yeovil Town have been in this position before in, in League One, in worse positions in League One, and have got out of it. And I think they'll probably be tuffing into that spirit again. He has brought in a couple of lone players, though, hasn't he? I know yeah. uh, Wayne Hennessy and Shane Duffy have both come in. Yeah, Wayne Hennessy um, has now gone back. Um, oh, right. His last game was against Wigan Athletic, and that, that's a bit of a blow. But um, you know, Marek Steck should be fit to face Doncaster Rovers after breaking his hand against Birmingham on the um, second weekend into the season. But Wayne Ennis is absolutely superb. Um, he's been brilliant, a fantastic keeper, Premier League quality, um, and his, his attitude as well. He, he's, he's not afraid to call a spade a spade. Um, and I think that a few of his defenders have had a, had a bit of a verbal battering on times at, at times, and you know it hasn't been unwanted or uncalled for and Shane Duffy um, the Everton centre-half once again has been brilliant he's, he's a Premier League player in the making the score lines have reflected badly, you know, may, may reflect badly or may look badly on Hennessy and Duffy but that's you know, no reflection on their uh, on their performance as such because Duffy's just been, been superb he's been a rock the first thing he, he did the first time he really came to prominence in the Yeovil Town shirt was at Bolton Wanderers where we saw him Herring into a 50-50, sort of jogging into it, telling Luke Ayling to back off and clattered through Mark Tierney. And from that moment in, you <laughs> thought, yeah, we've got a player here. And he's been superb. Is there going to be money in January to strengthen, Chris? Because looking at the table, you know, all doom and gloom about the, the amount of goals scored and, uh, mm. you know, obviously the, the lack of victories. But you have beat Nottingham Forest uh, a, yeah. a few weeks ago. And so there are, and you beat Millwall on the opening day of the season. So, it's obvious that the club are capable of results like that. Obviously, not consistently enough, but no. you're not adrift of safety yet. Well, just just touching briefly on the Nottingham Forest game, what that, that taught taught everybody at the club was that Devil Town need 11 players currently. They need 11 players to be on song and on the top of their game to get a result. And that, and that goes back to what you said about consistency as well. That, that you know, to have that consistently happening is is, is incredibly draining and, and perhaps unlikely. But yeah, Gary Johnson. Um, after the game on Sunday against Wigan, was saying, you know, he's, he's already saying about changes he wants to make in January. Um, he wants to, you know, bring players in and, and send some out, perhaps that he, he no longer thinks or has decided it aren't championship quality. And not only does he want, is he looking at loans? He says he's looking at making permanent signings. So he's already banging on that boardroom door. Uh, I would imagine asking. We're just inquiring as to, to what resources will be available to him when the transfer window reopens. Um, uh, so far, the football club, of, 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 of the board of directors, have, have backed into the hilt. They always have done. They did in the first spell. They have done in this spell. I wouldn't be surprised if there were a few more resources released. Uh, whether it's you know sufficient, then I don't know. I suppose there'll be some sort of compromise there. 
But um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was allowed a little bit of a free reign, but um, all within good reason in January. Because the one thing that Yeovil Town have always done is, you know, they, they've always prided themselves on being incredibly cautious with every penny. They, they've, ne- they've never overspent. They've never, not for a good few seasons anyway, gone gone over the top with player wages um, or anything to, to put them any sort of financial strife. Um, but that, that won't happen again, I'm sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if he is given, a, if Gary isn't given a bit of a license to, to go out and, and recruit. I mean, you are, as you mentioned there, Yeovil aren't going to be able to pay big wages no matter what no. money Gary Johnson gets given to him in the transfer window. So it's likely that they're going to be looking at a sort of situation um, similar to the one where they found Paddy Madden, a player perhaps who's shown potential you know, at, at a lower level, League One, League yeah. Two, or, or perhaps you could even look at a club like Peterborough who have you know, been up in the Championship and are doing well in League One. You know, they've got a great record of signing players in non-league. They've just signed uh, the guy of a sale who played for Bishop Stortford in the Cup against yeah. Northampton yesterday. Now, do you think that, you know, Gary Johnson will have his eye on, on some little uh, diamond in the rough, perhaps from right lower down the leagues that could come in and make an impact? I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. I think if you look at what he tried to do before before the summer, um, uh, sorry, in the summer, he, he brought in Kiefer Moore from, from Dorchester Town. And, OK, you know, he fought off likes of Charleston Athletic and Bolton Wanderers who were only offering 121s football for, um, you know Yeovil said, said to Kiefer Moore you, you know, you'll be in the first team squad and okay I don't think Kiefer's had anything like the sort of impact that Gary would have wanted so far but you know he just shows that it, you know he, he's willing and is well he has to really the, 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 the money he's got to, you know, to, to cast his, his net a bit further further afield I wouldn't be surprised if he's looking down down the leagues but even then you know targeting somebody on a permanent transfer from League One and League Two is it, it, still going to be expensive. And you know, what two phrases that, that, that Gary uses quite regularly is, is that he's always on the lookout for Royal Rovers and, and also Gary's gambles. And he did that a few <laughs> times last season and it paid off. Your Paddy Maddens, your Sam Foley's. Sam Foley came from Newport County and was outstanding last year, played very well against Wigan on Sunday. Um, and uh, he's gonna, he, quite right. He's going to have to have to be one of those sorts of those picks to to, to spot the, the the lad that's out of favour that, that's got a bit of quality or, or a bit of um, potential perhaps, and, and and trying to challenge that. He seems to relish in those sorts of challenges and situations, um, and uh, without you know wanting to to over over egg it too much. And I, I think he's he's probably faced with that biggest challenge so far now. Gary's gamble sounds like some kind of betting column, doesn't it? <laughs> Just stick that in the program. Um, I'm just looking at the games. Um, the next yeah. eight games, uh, right up until the end of the year. Obviously, yeah, he's got the players to himself for a week or so now. I imagine most yeah. of them can't imagine there's too many international call-ups. I might be wrong. Uh, the next game is uh, D- uh, Doncaster on the 22nd, and then you've got mm-hmm. in the next eight games five teams who are currently in the bottom half of the table. Yeah. So it's quite an important little period coming up. Yeah, indeed it is. And yeah, the international call-ups is only Shane Duffy. He's being called up for two Republic of Ireland under 21. Uh, internationals. Uh, they, I think, from what I can gather, the players' training schedule this week uh, is, is changing. But they'll have a free weekend before coming back on Monday to face Latvia at Jewish Park in a in a friendly. So that'll be a, an, an entertaining evening. Some eyebrow um, shot up in the studio here. <laughs> that that's because of Gary yeah. Johnson's connections. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, he's still in touch with the Latvian FA. It's Marian Pahas, the former Southampton uh, chap okay. who was who. Gary sort of helped bring over here to say oh, he, needs to, he needs to find the new Marion Pahars, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he <never laughs> not focuses uh, scouting search in Latvia, doesn't he, to find <laughs> one of Gary's gambles. 
Indeed, yeah. I don't know if the net goes that far. <laughs> We've got to pay for the airfare to get the scouts over there. But um, no, I, th- I think you know. You say about the games coming out. Doncaster Rovers a week um, a week on Friday at Doncaster Rovers. That's when it. You know, that, 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 that's a big game. It's a huge game. Barnsley away as well coming up. And well, you've worked over how many teams you are facing in the, in the coming games in the bottom half. It just shows the, the, the standard of challenge that you have faced already. As I said, you know, QPR, Reading. You know these these big sides that uh, you know that should be looking for top six promotion spots, and you know, Yeovil have, have unsurprisingly come up short, perhaps. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it really is. You know the, the the business. You know the business starts now, and that uh, that problem about goal scoring is, is, has got to resolve itself. And you said about only scoring nine nine or so goals. Only, you know the Yeovil Town strikers have only contributed one of those, and that's the James Hayter penalty. Against Leicester City when they were already two 0 down, the Old Town's top scorer is, is midfielder Ed Upson. He scored five of them and was suspended for the Wigan game. And it, it, it just 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 seems I mean, we keep we keep going back to it. It just you know need to hit them out, need need mm. to find their feet in the final third. And yeah. I think that it, that also goes you know it also goes back to the fact that the, the, the little bit of the, the little murmurings of discontent among the fans because it's a Gary Johnson. Side and Gary Johnson's sides are known for scoring goals. Yeah, because the defence has been actually has not been too bad. I mean, if you look no. at their other, you've sc- you've conceded less goals, uh, for instance, than a team as high as as high as Derby. But just to, to look at the the bigger picture, uh, what what does this sort of championship season me- mean for Yeovil? Is it simply going to be one season where they fight hard against relegation, go down, and then that's it, back to League One for the foreseeable? Or can uh, Gary Johnson and, and the people at the club? Actually, lay some foundations with the increased finance they have this year, and try and make you know Yeovil a team that we may see more regularly in in this at this level. Uh, you know, similar to the likes of Peterborough, Doncaster, who have kind of flared in between the two divisions over the last few seasons. I think I think the, the fairest comparison would probably be Stamford United, who obviously you know League Two now, but have in the recent past had a relatively decent spell in the Championship. I think they're similar sort of size clubs with similar sort of resources even now but um, I think if you have all time to survive in the championship that would be the, you know widely accepted that would be the, the the biggest achievement in the club's history and um, it would you know, surpass last May at, at Wembley uh, relegation would be incredibly incredibly disappointing it would be the first time that the club's been relegated since I believe 1994 so you know recent history has been particularly good for you all time no two ways about it and Gary Johnson doesn't want that relegation on his CV None of the players do, and you know Gary said that perhaps you know, the group he's got now would be an excellent. You know that the, they would be. The, you know the, the side that Yeovil Town have got now would be would be very impressive, I think, in League One. But we don't want to contemplate that. We want to make sure that you know they they want to want to stay in the Championship. And as you say, I think if they do stay up, you know this season, then you know their their finances would be bolstered even further for for next year. You know the business plan and the business. Sort of preparation would allow them to, to to kick on again, and you know you're just going to have to take it season by season. But I said at the start of the season, I said in the summer, I think the Yeovil time will will stay up. I'm I'm still I'm still confident that they will, but uh, I think these next few weeks and next few months are going to be vitally important when they're playing the likes of Barnsley and uh, Doncaster Rovers. Nice bit of positivity to end, Chris. Thanks for coming on. 
We appreciate that. Uh, That is Chris Sweet, who is the sports editor of the Western Gazette. And right now, it's time for the latest in our My Club series. It is the 125th anniversary, if I could say, of the Football League this season. So we're giving supporters of clubs 125 seconds to tell us about their club. And today, it's all about Wiccan Wanderers. This is We Are Going Up. My Club in 125 seconds. Hello, I'm Dan Simpson, and my club are Wiccan Wanderers. Dan, what is your favourite ever memory of watching Wickham. Oh, it's going to have to be. We got to the semi-final of the League Cup, the Carling Cup it was at the time, and um, Jermaine Easter scored an equaliser against Chelsea to make it 1-0, and we took them to their place, Stamford Bridge, but then got smashed 4-0. So <laughs> definitely the equaliser. Dan, you sound a relatively uh, young fan, so I don't know if you'll be able to answer this question, but um, where were you when Roy Essendon <laughs> scored that famous goal for you in the FA Cup? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you mentioned Wickham, and that's all anyone ever brings up. I... Um, wasn't there I was at home listening to it with my dad on the radio what's your favourite goal that you've uh, you've witnessed in person being a, a Wickham fan I would say I, we were about to get relegated a few seasons ago we were away at MK Dons who are a franchised club and kind of kind of rivals and in the last minute Kevin Betsy who'd just come back to the club kind of a club hero scored in like the, yeah, the 94th minute to make it 3-2 and we won and that was a I mean we still got relegated but it was a pretty big moment your favourite Wiccan Wanderers kit kit well they're all the same they all look exactly the same um, I, the, the one at the moment actually so we're sponsored by Samsung which is a huge thing and um, it, I think it got voted to one of the sexiest kits ever by some random website so I definitely go for the one we've got at the moment isn't your away kit like Barcelona's this season it's Barcelona oh, yes it tequila is tequila sunrise away kit absolutely well we do play a lot like Barcelona so it's, there's something there I think <laughs> okay and final question how are you going to get on this season well I don't want to get promoted because I don't think the club can financially support it boring <laughs> yeah, no, no. live the dream uh, no. come on we're going to win the league we're going to win the league and then we're going to win the next league and the Champions League five seasons time that's good what, stuff Dan so. your two minutes is up thank you very much thank you very much guys my club in 125 seconds we are going up we've got the football league covered so we'll have another one of those on the show next week on its international weekend. So a very quiet sort of week or two in the Football League. However, there was a full round of programmes in the Championship uh, this weekend. Uh, Jim, we had a big chat about Leicester and their excellent home form on the show last week. You, you were there at the KP on Saturday. The big East Midlands derby. Um, probably the game of the weekend in, in the Championship. Leicester nil, Nottingham Forest 2. Massive derby day disappointment in the end. Yeah, it was a pretty gutting defeat. More the manner of the performance than the result itself, because Forest were they were very good. Um, were they? They, they, so they I, took I, their I, chances the well. Like you could have been three or four and a lot by yeah, the time they it, scored. Yeah, although I think Cole Darlow only really made a couple of good. I don't think we made enough of the. What you don't see on the highlights is how much possession we had and mm. how little we did with it, especially second half. I think because you expect. I mean, we've. I'm sure we've all been in this situation numerous times where your team go in a couple of goals down at half time and you expect this kind of rousing response. There was absolutely minimal response second half until mm. that penalty. And that really is the only time we had a shot on goal, I think, in the second half. And it was quite disappointing. I think I got that sinking feeling when I realised that Chris Wood was on his way to play for uh, New Zealand, New Zealand in yeah. the international games because you've got to be there a certain amount of times before. And because he's got to fly you know, 58 hours or whatever it is around the globe to go and play for New Zealand in their World Cup playoff, he couldn't play. Jamie Vardy's still not fit. So we started with Dresbrishlup. So a New, New Zealand playing Uruguay? 
Uh, no, New Zealand playing Mexico. All oh, right, okay. Well, I was going to say Uruguay Luis Suarez playing... against Chris Wood would have been. Uruguay playing. Uruguay playing Jordan. Yes, I think so. Is that right. I think they get yeah. there. Yeah, I think they get the group from that. But um, but yeah, disappointing. And David Nugent did yeah. miss quite a few chances though in the penalty yeah, as well. Yeah, he had he had a bit of an average uh, day by by his own high standards. The penalty miss just kind of summed it up. Really, he looked very confident, kind of stepping up and giving the keeper a bit of verbals, and then promptly blasted it into. You know, what did you um, bar. What did you make of Forest? I thought they were good. I think, you know, as good as value as they were for the win, I think if they play like that against a lot of teams, they'll get beaten. If that makes sense. So, on our day, as Dave said, we um, we could have we could have beaten them. And the goals were spectacular, really. They, they, they were. The they, you know, the first one, it's a little bit of kind of miscommunication in the back line because uh, I think it's Danny Drinkwater goes to clear the ball Kasper Schmeichel's coming out thinking he's going to clear out the defenders and it kind of ricochets to, to Jamie Mackey the second one again it's a little, little bit of scrambled goals but if they score their two chances you know, it's clinical at the end of the day you can't argue with that whereas we kind of had six or seven attempts and Jamie Mackey who I um, had in my fantasy team and I said he's done nothing all season took him out on Friday and then probably, Pro- probably went and scored and settled Good. the first one with a little, the little knockback uh, elsewhere then in the championship of the weekend QPR that uh, point away at Reading uh, with Danny Guffrey completely by the way he's got the most ridiculous haircut yeah. um, uh, what is he doing Travis Bickle isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> completely turning his back on that free kick I hate it when people who are kind of in the wall or on the end of a wall do yeah. that uh, Joey Barton firing it in uh, so a point apiece at uh, the Majeski that was the early game on Saturday Saturday. Uh, elsewhere at the uh, top of the championship uh, Blackpool surprise home defeat to Ipswich who got their first away win of the season and I suppose it'd be quite good for the Ipswich fans to finally have it all sorted with Mick McCarthy staying yeah, there no now speculation. and the because, I mean, thing he all was, over he was odds on favour at one point and probably did an interview where he said he'd been linked to plenty of jobs that he'd been odds on for and never even like been interested or submitted his CV or whatever so I think good for them to uh, to get that wrapped up because that you is a bit McCarthy of a cloud has a CV? Over. do you think he actually has one <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> list not... all the clubs how far is go back first job that's always they, a question they always say join CV you. you put the, the retail experience yeah. on there just in case <laughs> they always say trying to fit your CV on two pages don't they so I wonder how most football well, managers I do with a one page approach myself <laughs> interesting let us know your thoughts at Wagyu Podcast also liking Mick McCarthy's beard at the moment yes <laughs> I think that works for him I think so definitely what about Watford DC. What about them? Two all draw at Middlesbrough yeah, last Saturday. Uh, that Ayala annoying. had an interesting game, didn't annoying. he? Daniel Ayala he for did. Middlesbrough. Uh, and we shot ourselves in the foot again, really. We got back into the game after conceding what I thought was a pretty poor goal, actually, the first one. People were saying it was a good finish, but Almunia beating too easily at his near post. Uh, it was good to see Dini and Forestieri both scoring. Forestieri's been really good this season, hasn't it? Has he scored a few, but sometimes has been unlucky. And Dini hasn't been at his best, but he set up the uh, set up the second goal, scored the first, and you know it was a good ninety minutes for him. But we did what we've been doing all too often this season, and that's gave away possession needlessly in the last minute. And Middlesbrough subsequently got a corner from from the result on possession. And uh, and another thing we've been doing too often is conceding from set pieces. Uh, they Ayala came up with a header in the last minute. And it's a two all draw. Feels like a defeat really. Zola was was bitterly disappointed after the final whistle and again it's just I mean, just when we thought we were going to get a win we would have been back in the playoffs we draw and then Reading all of a sudden they're back in the, in the sixth spot and we're seventh still so you know like I said last week to you on, on the phone it's, it's not all doom and gloom but it, automatic promotion is, is a bit of a stretch for us now unless we go on a real big run it's, uh, we're in the playoff picture and we need to improve but we signed George Thorne uh, towards the end of last week on loan from West Brom who uh, I'm led to believe by a few West Brom fans on Twitter is a 
you know, reasonably tough tackling, good promising central midfielder, which is what I think we may have been missing in recent weeks. So he should be a good signing for us, hopefully. Jamie, you had your hand up there. Yeah, I was just going to ask DC. Uh, it's the first time I've seen him since uh, since the, the Leicester game. And the one thing, because obviously that's one of the first times I've seen this season, what for the full 90 minutes. Mm. And compared to the playoff games that, that we watched last season, how easily they gave the ball away in midfield. And I don't know why that... It, is it because of a change in formation, a change of approach, a change of personnel? It's not a change it? of formation. Because Zola's no. always been a ball-playing manager in terms yeah. of the, the, the philosophy he wants his teams we're, to have. We're playing the same system and there are some people... Uh, just been listening to the, the from the Rookery End podcast on the way here and they're calling for a change of formation and I'm not sure whether that is necessarily the best thing for us but certainly if you look at that midfield three of the players who played in that uh, semi-final against Leicester Nathaniel Chalabar Alwyn Abdi and Jonathan Hogg uh, two have left the club one's out for the foreseeable future and hasn't played since August so that's that's one of the reasons yeah. we're not as good in midfield and we, we are trying to play the same way but we just aren't doing it as well no. at the moment. That's a simple issue. We're giving the ball away far too often. Ross McCormack. Oh, four goals. What Hello. a performance. What's the, yes. what's the technical term for four goals? I don't know. A haul? I think it is a haul, isn't it? Uh, four goals, including the free kick and... Did he score a penalty as well? No, yep. did, oh, second, he did score, yeah. So penalty, penalty and a free kick. A tremendous free kick, wasn't oh, it? Oh, what a goal. Great. And that uh, Cameron Stewart. That was good. Yeah, goal the first game for Charlton. Charlton. Another right. poor pitch, though, Charlton. Jim was saying this exactly yeah. this I've, before. I mean, this may be a stupid question. question. Everybody. This may be a very stupid question because Charlton's ground is called the Valley. But is it actually that far down? Is it? Does it just collect water? Because I this think is, you were you were, t- we were talking been, about this before. I have the been. Pod I think it is down like a hill. I think from memory. Where it, We've got a lot of Charlton fans who listen though, so they probably be able to put us right. If you've got a championship ground, do you not get slightly better drainage, or what's the situation? Because is it just a natural thing where you literally cannot help that if you get there was a deluge the, um, of water? The Doncaster game, wasn't play. it, which was yeah, called off earlier called in the off season after like half time, wasn't it, or just before half time? Yeah, um, and there were a couple of goals down, weren't they? And it was pretty, pretty galling. For Brian McDermott's starting to get things together at least, yep. though. They're yep. just uh, yeah, look, just outside the playoffs now. I just googled lowest football league ground below sea level. Is it Charlton? Uh, I'm just trying to find out. Um, <laughs> well, get back to us when you've got uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Lowest elevation. This is from DC's report. Well, not necessarily. This is from K- KGBanswers.co.uk. Good. KG- Brilliant. We're not on the lowest Russian <laughs> secret, <Yeah. laughs> secret <laughs> service. Grass lower in Russia. Russia at the moment. Yeah. They're answering questions like this rather yeah. than doing some spying. <laughs> um, apparently, it's Blundell Park, home to Grimsby Town. Now that's not oh. football, football league ground anymore, though. Yeah, how how out of date is this? Where's the KGB? Good old days. Canvey Island's quite low. Right. The highest. So, in Peru, <laughs> um, Ross McCormack scored four goals and Leeds won away to get back. To he's now the uh, he's now the top, top scorer, scorer, top yeah. scorer in the division. I think that was their first away win as well for quite a while, wasn't mm. it? Their home form has been coming together quite a lot, but it's the away form that's been letting them down. So a that's few a more real uh, positive sign for a few more Leeds championship fans. things to round up. Uh, five wins in seven for Bolton now, starting to turn a corner, aren't they? Yeah, um, they got a three-one victory against Mill at the Reebok. They've brought in Joe Mason on loan from Cardiff, a player who did very well in this division. Speaking of loan season. players as well, I saw um, earlier Michael Jacobs has gone to West. Uh, he's gone to Wolverhampton Wanderers from uh, Cracking Derby. signing. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Jeff Stellin role there. Um, so yeah, Michael Jacobs has gone. I'm interested to see how he gets on because whenever I spoke to Ben, um, our Northampton blogger and, and kind of fan who comes on regularly to talk to us about Cobblers, he was raving about Jacobs and then he made the step up last season to, to Derby. But obviously, he might struggle to get in there, I'm guessing, with Will Hughes kind of dominating that position in midfield. He's only going to get kind of scraps. But I'll be interested to see how he gets on at, at League One level because he's, he's always been a very... 
highly rated player from everyone that I've spoken to him about. So speaking of Derby, you've got an interesting story about one of their players from the weekend who decided to drive to the ground. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was wondering what you were talking about then. I was like, no, it was uh, not in Derby this weekend. This but is no, it's, uh, Andre, Andre Wisdom, Wisdom yeah, yeah, on loan from uh, this, Liverpool. This I'm sure DC seen utterly this. astonishing. Um, <laughs> so he's obviously not familiar with the uh, East Midlands. Well, how long has he been there? Not very long. Right, I think okay. this was going to be his first game. So I think he's he, he's obviously not been to the ground before. I'm guessing he's been to the training ground. So he's driving to the ground for the game. Um, right, OK. So I'm guessing he's, they, they must train off-site somewhere. Mm-hmm. Probably not very close to... This Pride is brilliant, Park, by the way, everyone. It's in the middle of an industrial estate, Pride Park, so you can't kind of get a training ground near there. Anyway, so he's driving to the ground and he puts his uh, the, the postcode into his posh sat-nav on his... I think it's a Porsche. It is a Porsche. it drops him in what I can only describe as a swamp. And it has to be. It's incredible, isn't it? The I mean, club had to send someone to pick him up, didn't they? He signed on the twenty second of October, so I don't know if he, he may have played a few games already. How's he messed that up then? It's, it's, on, I mean, you, if anyone out there follows, an follows me on Twitter and happens to be up up, up, up regularly in the week, uh, the hours of about four thirty five a.m. in the morning, you'll know I've got issues with sat navs <laughs> and, taxi, and taxi drivers that use yeah. them and fail to know where they're going. And this is a very similar situation for Andre Wisdom. <laughs> I mean, all right, it's one thing to follow the. I can understand if you're a Premier League footballer new to the area and you're in the outskirts of rural Derbyshire for some reason you don't know where Pride Park is right bang Might it in still the sat- be driving down from bang Merseyside it, bang it in the sat nav exactly bang it in the sat nav and you'll get there in the end fine but this has been this has led him up the woodland path not yeah. the garden path <laughs> no. and and it's, it's not even a road it's like a, a little dirt track and he's thought right I'm on the dirt track um, also it's been raining and what do like, you think's going to happen the alarm bell should have been ringing when you're in the forest Andre <laughs> Surely you know that the the ground is when in you're a on the outskirts of Centre Park, urban area. It's a big pool. And of then, pressure. having done all that, he's still not thought. You know, with the turn back, he sees this big, huge, muddy swamp, bog sort of thing. Drives his, you know, eighty grand very, Porsche, very expensive Porsche straight into the middle of it and gets trapped. Can we tweet this picture, please? If, yeah, if we'll you go, tweet it from the Wagyu account. If you um, haven't seen it's been it, well publicized. It's so brilliant. If you've not seen it at Wagyu Podcast on but he Twitter. Apparently, he went back and got the car, and it's oh, all fine. Of course, fine. he did. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to leave that there, to the swamp it? people, is it? They're going to be uh, the swamp people. Yep. <laughs> you don't know what goes on in Derbyshire. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you stories. John Ryan, the Doncaster chairman, has resigned uh, from his position over boardroom unrest. It's a football yeah. term, isn't it? Well, there's been a lot of boardroom unrest, hasn't there? I was, yeah. took over the club in 98 they've uh, won four promotions the Johnson's Paint Trophy and returned to the it's second tier absolutely. first time in 50 years under his stewardship yeah. I mean he said that you know he, he ranks himself up there as probably you know he doesn't see, doesn't think anyone else has achieved as much as he has at the club and I think he's, he's fair to say that and uh, from what I was reading I read about this on Saturday when I heard that he resigned um, he's been trying to bring in some people to invest in the club Push them on further. I think it was thinking you said about ten million pounds, perhaps, which could you know give them a That's real chance of, of pushing massive, on. Yeah. And who knows, getting into getting into the playoffs maybe of that sort of money. But what what it seems like is that the the board there at, at Doncaster have sort of sort of poo pooed the idea at first of these people coming in, and then have subsequently gone behind his back and gone straight to them. <laughs> To these these investors and right. tried to get them in, you know, with a you know, different sort of deal, uh, and it looks like they've tried to cut John Ryan out of the deal. That's just my sort of brief reading of the situation mm. from reading a few bits and bobs. I'm sure it's much more complicated than that. Um, but John Ryan has said, "Well, fine, you go ahead and you get it done. You do it on your own. I'll, I'll step for, I'll step back. I'll get out of the way. I won't complicate things. And if if it can progress forward and they can get some new investment, then that's surely a good thing for for Doncaster. But John Ryan, you know, has been there for a long time. Has done, has done a good job. So perhaps there might be a bit of concern that he's he's leaving as well. Worth uh, 
following uh, Liam Hoden and Glenn Wilson, the Doncaster guys who've had on before on Twitter, if you don't already, for more information on that story. Now, it was the uh, FA Cup first round this weekend, uh, but you've not really got any interest in it, have you, DC, by the sounds uh, of it? It's left me cold, really. OK. And there's, I don't see so much rom- too much romance of the cup at well, the moment. Well, in fact, there's, there's only two uh, football league sides who were beaten by non-league opposition at the mm. weekend. Uh, one of them was Cheltenham Town, who've had a really poor season, actually, having, to, having have, got yeah. to the playoffs the last few years so far. They lost 1-0 at Tamworth to a goal from Nick Chadwick, formerly of Everton, who's on loan there from Plymouth at the moment. Uh, but, you know, undoubtedly the upset of the round was League One Swindon, who, don't forget, not take QPR in the League Cup early this season, mm-hmm. getting absolutely tanked 4-0 at Macclesfield. Um, so much so uh, that Mark Cooper and the players, well, I don't know if it, this is him who's sort of made this happen, or the players have volunteered it. They're all going to chip in. He's definitely Cooper. They're all going to chip in and, uh, and pay for the fans that went up to watch that horror show. And there were some ridiculous goals they conceded. Mm. Um, where did that result come from for Swindon? I'm not sure. Like... They've obviously taken cup competitions seriously in recent years, as you said. They, they beat QPR. Played Chelsea, didn't yeah, they, this season exactly. in the and, League Cup? You know, they they put out strong teams. So I don't know whether it was just a case of them. Did they underestimate Macclesfield? Obviously, they did to to the point where they got the second year. Nil, second year in a row, they've lost to Macclesfield in the FA Cup. Apparently, so. It's a bizarre situation, isn't it? But it's one of those weekends that throws up the odd result like that. But they'll be bitterly disappointed with that. No wonder they're refunding all the. Uh, the Speaking fans of uh, bizarre decisions, yeah, what Egg David has been up to. Wearing the number one shirt, outfield, crime number one. Playing himself up front, quite yeah, about literally. This. Saturday. Yeah, he literally plays where he wants now at Barnet. Preston six, Barnet nil. Turns up when he wants, plays where he wants. Uh, David's playing himself up front. He's a total footballer. He is. He's played, <laughs> totally. centre back. He's played all over the He's place. a maverick, isn't he? Yeah. But it's all very well playing himself up front, but he didn't even get on the score sheet. No, he didn't. Six nil. Leonard John. Do we know? Hang on a minute. I'm going to stick up for David David. Yeah. Go on, here this we go. Bar- this is Barnet. They might not have a big squad. Maybe they maybe yeah, their strikers true. are injured. I That's don't know. True. Nothing. Confi- you know, you're still wearing the number one shirt. I'll oh, get over it. Hey, on. look, people annoy me these days. <laughs> Everyone like it doesn't matter, does it? Does it? Does it matter? Yeah, oh, I think God, it does. Does it matter? No, I think it, it does. Makes, it makes no difference <laughs> I think to it anything. Does. You can't have a, someone. If he wants bo- a number 150 on his back, why not? What difference does it make to you in the game? No, it just looks wrong. Oh, it doesn't look wrong. Get, I just get over it. <laughs> it looks wrong. When you have a centre forward, oh, was it never said Steve Morrison, now. who played up front for Norwich last season, wearing number five. There's loads of examples, isn't there? Like William Garrett wearing number 10, Asimov wearing number two or number three for some um, top for them. I was going to say, Leno John Lewis missed his customary couple of sitters on host in the Grimsby highlights. <laughs> uh, we also had... Um, Leno John Lewis, his name is... These are shop. players that we've, we we don't get to talk about anymore. because they wear that T-shirt. They've left the ball. I don't know where it is. Um, Paul, <laughs> Gallag- Paul Gallagher hat trick for uh, Preston. Paul Gallagher. We could have done with him. Paul Scoring Gallagher. Penalties. Let me t- I was talking about Paul Gallagher today. Where are you? Did you know Sven Jorn Eriksson's come out in one of these interviews he's doing to plug his new book mm. and said that, I don't know if this is in the book or whether this has just come up in conversation, but um, he said that Paul Gallagher, when he was working at Leicester City, uh, had the this, you know as good an ability with a dead ball as David Beckham. He was, and I was sticking up for Gallagher. Someone said, "Someone said this to me." Oh, what's Sven saying? This is he's bang, a bang average player. And I said, well, "He may well have had a bang average career and has gone around the houses, but I've seen him score a few belters." Oh against yeah, he's, he's capable of he, brilliant goals when he when he wants to. He can manipulate a ball from a dead ball situation extremely well. Well, putting this into you know into a bit of perspective, he scored penalties routinely for Leicester and free kicks mm. from everywhere. Could have done with one penalties exactly, on Saturday. Exactly, and that's the point, and that's the reason David Nugent's now on pens because he. He's not. He's not with us anymore. I think it was. I think for Leicester, I think it's more the case of attitude, a little bit injuries, a little bit, and kind of him then wanting away and going out on loan and us. But 
he was on big wages as well when we yeah. brought him in from I think it was Blackburn. We paid a well huge to, uh, money. So. Well done to Hartlepool again, who knocked out Notts County. Difficult start for uh, Sean Derry, who's gone in there. What do you make yeah. of that appointment, Sean Derry going in at well, Notts County? It's an interesting uh, one, isn't it? It's a surprise, isn't it? He's 35 years old. He's, what is he actually quite bizarre about the situation is he's been named as player manager, but he can't actually play this season because he's already played. Isn't he registered for, already, someone else? He's already played for two clubs. Right. Played for QPR and Millwall this season. You're not allowed to play for three clubs in, in, in a season. season. Hadn't he only just gone to Millwall as well a few yeah, weeks well, ago? It was, it was towards the start of the season. He played. Ah, right. He had played a few games, but um, I mean, I, I've had the opportunity to um to to work with with Sean Derry a few times, mm. and he's a, he's a very nice guy, and he comes across as someone. Who's quite thoughtful, and you know, I know he's done most of his coaching badge. I'm not sure if he's done all the way up to the, to the A license yet. I may be wrong, but he's certainly been on his uh, coaching courses for a while, and he's been a good servant to, to many clubs, isn't he? You know, Palace. He was there for a long time. Uh, Leeds, you know, QPR, and he's well liked at QPR. A hard working player, so he's 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 quite a reasonably well liked person within the game from a number of clubs. But it's it's a gamble, isn't it? When you give a young manager uh, a try like this, it's always going to be a gamble. You never know which way it's going to go. And as we mentioned when we did Notts County a few weeks ago, they've had a mixed uh, record to say the least with appointing managers over the last few years. And the county fans will be hoping that this is certainly one that will pay off. I mean, he started his career at Notts County. He was a Notts County supporter as a as a kid. That sometimes can work in. Your favour that will hopefully maybe give him a bit more lenience with the fans and he's got Greg Abbott with him as well who he worked with when ah. Abbott was at Leeds I think in the academy when Sean Derry was, was there and they, they knew each other and got on well there so he's got somebody with a bit of experience alongside him which can only be a good thing for him so we'll just wait and see it's, it's an intriguing appointment I think good luck to him uh, quick update on the we are going up fantasy football in the championship fantasy.football-league.co.uk the pin is 9163054 G- Gary Mackay still at the top resign or die uh, still leading the way Slackers FC Jim Stewart Evans close by now where um, am I I've not looked at my team you are I'm, I'm going much, very much with the approach of just pick them and leave them you are <laughs> 50 50th out of 95 mm. at the moment mid table mediocrity um, where are you Jim let's have a look I was doing a I think you're I was, 35. I'm yeah, 37. I'm hot bit. on your heels there. Slip down a bit. Carl's 31. Uh, actually, yeah, I think so. You're, you're bottom, Dave, out of everyone. And uh, <laughs> quick mention for Sonny Morell, the Red and Blue Army, 95th place at the moment, collecting the wooden spoon. Uh, right, that's just about it for a shortened show this week. Uh, thank you to everyone who has got in touch and said they've voted for us already for yeah, the um, the big uh, Football Supporters Federation Awards. Remember, Football Weekly, Football Ramble, the rest of them, they don't need your support. Game. They've the got, game, the they've got the game. I forgot about the game. Blue Moon. They've yeah. got, they've got so many people that, that listen and so on. So we need your support. We're the only uh, non-Premier League one in there as well. So and, if you and can while vote you're, for us, uh, while you're there, great. you should also, I, in my opinion, vote for uh, for our good friends, the two unfortunates. Yeah, who absolutely. Nominated in a couple of categories. Um, yeah, best independent some, again, website. Similar to us, they're up against some of the big dogs, and uh, mm. they're very worthy of your of your vote. Yeah. So it just takes two seconds, and if you do happen to own or sit near about thirty different computers. Yeah. <laughs> Why not use them? Uh, fsf.org.uk slash awards and a reminder about the Audible offer, uh, which is audible.co.uk slash going up. So uh, next week it is International we Week. We have some sort of, thinking about it, so it's kind of like, you know, like elections where yes. like you can lose like the popular vote but still get into government. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of, could be simple. We could actually have Interesting to see less, where this is less individual people. Like every single listener of the of the Football Ramble or of uh, Football Weekly could vote just yep. once. But if all of our listeners like vote it 10... It sounds like, more and more yeah, like George actually, W. Bush I like election. This. this is like Florida I mean? in 2000. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it's George W. Bush approach, isn't it? Everyone's 
pet dog yeah. that never existed Th- can vote. This is nothing against any of those other podcasts again, but no, we would. Not. Quite, how good would it to be on be on that stage? With I think it's James Richardson and Natalie Sawyer at the awards. Excellent. Imagine have, if we were up there having the award presented by the, the Actually, host of football. Weekly. Thinking about it, what is he doing up there <laughs> if he's nominated? That's a story for That's another. That's a question day. for another time, isn't it? Uh, ask him. Well, you can tweet us at Waggy Podcast, soundcloud.com slash Waggy Podcast. Uh, we've recently passed over one one hundred thousand followers on there. Can you believe? So if we have one hundred thousand people voting for us, we might be all right. Yeah, I think some SoundCloud. of those might be spam, though. I think. Yeah, uh, the, public. the website is wearegoingup.co.uk. Is that about it? Is there anything else you want to say before we go? Um... Have I missed anything? Uh, no, I think that's probably about it, isn't Strong it? end. Strong yeah. end. We'll speak to you in seven days' time. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Yeah!